and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I never played in a band. I've sung in choirs, elementary school, high school, sang in church choirs in Michigan and California and Colorado, but never played band. One of the things I learned when you sing in a choir is that if you don't really know the music very well, it's better that you just mouth the words rather than sing and let everybody know that you don't know the music very well. I had a daughter that played in the band, and, and she said, Dad, it's the same with bands. Yeah, if you don't know the music, you put the instrument up to your lips and you just act like you're playing because if you play and you don't know the music, everybody will know you don't know the music. So you kind of fake it. So what am I doing talking about bands and playing in that when we're talking about Mary and Martha? If you hang with me in this, I think hopefully this will make some sense. Stay with me. A band needs all the various instruments that it has in order to have the right kind of sound. If you have a big bass drum, you need a big bass drum because they kind of keep the rhythm. And everybody can march and play in the rhythm, and so you need that. But you don't want a band of just big bass drums. You need the trumpets. Because the trumpets usually carry the melody, and they just kind of blast forth. And you kind of know what's being played because they're making it known. But sometimes you can get a little bit tired of just trumpets. You know, they can play fanfares, but you want it over with. You need the flutes. You need the flutes because they kind of have the gentle whisper kind of sound, and, and they kind of make it a little bit more mellow and kind of blend in and, and make it a little bit more harmonious. And so you need, you need the flutes, too, to be a part of it all. The church needs Mary's. I'm using the female here, but it needs all the Marys, male and female. We need those people like Mary who worshiped Jesus and sat at his feet and was involved in it all. Today, the Marys are the ones who show up regularly at worship service and attend the Bible classes. They're the ones who anytime you open the church doors, they're coming to worship. They're the ones who study the scripture on their own and, and they really want to know what the Bible says and they want to grow in all of that. And the church needs the Marys. But the church also needs the Marthas. What would it be like if we had a church of just Marys? See, we need the Marthas. The church needs the Marthas who can make the coffee and the cakes and the cupcakes. The churches who, the, the Marthas who can prepare the meals for the 50 plus or the hoedowns or the Easter breakfast. The Marthas know how to turn on the air conditioning and how to set up the tables and the chairs and get them in the right order and they know where all of that can be found. 
The Marthas carry the keys so that they can unlock the doors and turn off the alarm system. Our service is always a response. Because that's what we're talking about here. Those response to God's love for us who died on the cross and rose again so that we can have life with Him. And that's where it begins. But that's where our service begins. But, but here there's a problem in this story. Because as Mary and Martha are gathered together, and it's Martha that invited him in, it's Martha who is kind of has a problem. This is not the only time that we have stories in the Bible about Jesus being with Mary and Martha. We have later on that Jesus is with Mary and Martha when Lazarus had died, and Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And it was Martha who says, Do you believe that I can raise Jesus from the I can raise Lazarus from the dead? And it was Martha who says, I believe that he will be raised from the dead at the last day. And then Jesus says to Martha at that time, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall have eternal life. And there's another time when Jesus is at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus is there. Wouldn't you like to have been there? They had a dinner in the honor of Jesus. And the reason they were kind of doing this is because after Lazarus was raised from the dead, the Jews decided that they needed to take care of this Jesus because all kinds of other Jews were following Jesus and believing. They were believing in Jesus because he raised Lazarus from the dead. He must be the Messiah. And so they're having a dinner party for Jesus. And here's what it said. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. Notice that it says Martha served. No comments from Jesus, no complaining from Mary or from Martha about it. Martha was doing what Martha's do. And that's what we need in the church. They serve. The difference in the gospel lesson is that Martha is complaining. She's complaining because here she was serving and Mary wasn't helping her, nobody else was helping her, and she was complaining about it all. We don't know the words that Jesus said to her, but we kind of can maybe fill in a little bit and kind of kind of guess, Martha, does it really bother you that much to have to serve me dinner? If it does, perhaps you should evaluate why you are doing it in the first place. You really don't need to be so anxious about everything. And when we hear Jesus speaking to Martha, we can also understand him speaking to us. Sometimes, sometimes people in the church can get caught up in grumbling about the mundane things in life that they have to do in the church. We complain about our service to others. We may not admit it, but sometimes we complain because Oh, do I have to teach BBS again? 
Do I have to be in the kitchen and make the coffee again? Why can't somebody else do it? I don't want to be there and prepare the dinner. And that Easter breakfast comes around every year, do I have to help with that again? Can't someone else know where the air conditioning gets turned on? Do I have to do it again? We can kind of complain about it all. Why don't some other people help once in a while? Why is it always the same people who have to do it all? We choose to serve our church in some way and then make martyrs out of ourselves. We make martyrs of ourselves because we complain and we say, boy, I am doing all this. Why aren't other people doing more of it? Why do I always have to do it all? We call this a worship service. Notice the last word. Service. It's part of our service. And whom do we serve? God, of course. We come here to serve God because it is He who brought us into relationship with Him. But there is a temptation want. Why do I have to be here when all those other people stay home on Sunday? Why do I have to come here again? Do I have to come all the time? They're having services on Wednesday because it's Lent. Oh my goodness, they expect me to come here then too? And what do we do about it? Some people might say, well, if you can't serve with joy, you shouldn't serve at all. Wrong choice. Wrong choice. That is not really the answer. To simply go on strike and say, I'm not going to serve at all because, because I can't do it with joy, therefore I'm not going to do it. It doesn't happen that way. It's really not the answer. It's really not the solution to it all. Besides, if a person is whining about having to go to church, it will probably not necessarily make it a whole lot better if they happen to stay home. It doesn't solve all the problems. In fact, it probably just creates more. I begin by serving in a joyful way. Hang with me. You act joyful. You act joyful. This is not hypocritical, but it's serving. It's serving by faith. Serving by faith is a powerful force in our world. It's easier to act into a feeling than to feel my way into action. Many people acted joyful and soon became joyful. First comes the motion and then comes the emotion. When I feel it, I will be kind to my wife. Sometimes I don't feel it. <laughs> but if I act kind, frequently the joy comes later. Many people acted joyful and soon really became joyful. 
Start giving joyful service, and soon you will be joyful in your service. Martha could not get away from counting the cost when it came to serving Jesus. And you can picture her in the kitchen just gritting her teeth and mumbling and smashing the pots together and, you know, just grumbling, why do I have to do this and all that kind of stuff. And then she comes out and she interrupts Jesus. All of her grumbling and complaining stood in the way of her serving Jesus with joy. And then we have the time just before the Passover where Jesus is an honored guest in the home of Mary and Martha. And there the Bible just very simply says, Martha was serving. No complaining on her part. No words from Jesus. She understood this Jesus who had raised her brother from the dead. She understood that this Jesus was the Messiah. She understood that this Jesus was the one who loved her and was going to die on the cross for the forgiveness of all of her sins. She understood what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he meant. And so the fact that she's in the kitchen serving the meal does not cause her to be upset at all. What this is saying is the church needs you functioning joyfully. The church needs the Marthas functioning joyfully. The church needs the Marthas, the Marys, serving and functioning joyfully. And the church needs you serving and functionally in a joyful way because of who we are and who God is. God loves. God loves Mary not because she sat at his feet to listen to him. God loved Martha not because she busied herself taking care of his needs for food. God loves us not because of our service or lack thereof. God loves us because of who he is. God loves us because he died for us. Jesus served us by his death on the cross in our place. The Bible says we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you are saved. God wants to love us and have us respond to him with love. We love because he first loved us. Us. And that is the ultimate relationship that we have with our Savior. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God loves us and forgives us again today. 
and always invites us to serve him in love and joy. God invites us to joyfully play in his band. Whatever the instrument might be that we are gifted to do, we all have different gifts because that's the way God wants it to be. Some of us know where the air conditioning gets turned on. We can cook the meals, and some need to pray and study and reflect on what Jesus has said. Solomon, in his wisdom, writes, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in the realm of the dead to which you are going. God loves us. So play in his band, whatever instrument God has gifted you pray with me. Dear Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have for us by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross and to rise again so that we may have life with you forever. Dear Lord, be with us and bless us in our service to you and to one another. We thank you, Lord, that you love us and therefore we are able to in your name, O oh Lord, we pray and all God's children said,